What is up, podcast listeners? This is Miguel, and we got a great episode on the way for you with Mickey P. We jump into so many topics around creativity and life in general. Uh, But before we get there, I have a few details I want to jump into. So first detail is I want to say thank you for your patience, as I have not released uh, episodes the last few weeks. If you have followed me online, you guys probably know that I literally ran myself into the hospital a few weeks ago during uh, training for some endurance sports. Uh, And since then, I've just been trying to recover. I'm in a recovery process right now, trying to rebuild my body uh, to get back up to 100%. And I basically had to sift out a lot of things in life, sleep a lot, and uh, play it play it safe uh, all around. So thanks again for your patience, but I have a a backlog of some great interviews and end of last week started interviews again with some great guests. So many great topics and so many great guests on the way. So thanks again. Keep listening and uh, and keep sharing it. I do appreciate that. Uh, Just the details of going into the hospital. uh, I, again, I've been training for, uh, well, I've been training for overall Ironman California in October. But during the middle of that, I decided I want to do an ultra marathon. I want to do a 41 mile run. So I did a 25 mile training session. I only let two weeks pass by on top of all my other training and then did a 30 mile training session. And it was that 30 mile run that did me in. Uh, Essentially, the doctors helped me understand that I didn't allow my body enough time to recover. I put myself into something called rhabdomyolysis, where my muscles began to break down and my kidneys began to shut down. Uh, Not a good thing. And uh, at the same time, I was also uh, obsessively, after about hour five of running, I was obsessively drinking water, which sifted all the electrolytes out of my body. I was drinking way too much water. Apparently, that's a thing. And uh, I had no more sodium or potassium left in my body, which basically caused my brain to to stop functioning properly. I couldn't talk anymore. I had passed out. And luckily, my wife was there, and she was able to get me uh, to the ambulance and eventually to the hospital. And they got by the next morning, I was good to go in a sense of safe enough to come home. <laughs> and uh, But the doctor said it's going to be a good four to six weeks of before I'm even back to 100%. So slowly uh, growing, uh, sleeping a whole lot, which is a whole new thing for me. Uh, and and But yeah, so thank you again for your patience. Thank you for all the well wishes online. And luckily they said as long as I listen to them, uh, as the doctors, that I'll be ready for I have Olympic distance. Uh, competition in August for a triathlon, and then the big one, Ironman California in October. And so they said they can get me ready for that as long as I listen to them. And they begged me not to do the 41-mile uh, ultra marathon, and so I decided not to do that. I decided to listen. Uh, all along this path, uh, <laughs> I'm learning the value of rest and recovery. Uh, I I love pushing hard on so many things, and but but all too often. Uh, that can begin to hurt us in the end and hurt myself in the end. So it's been a great lesson for me uh, to allow, even though I push hard, but allow time for rest, allow time for recovery, physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, and in work. And I hope I hope that's an encouragement uh, wherever you need that as well, that if you feel like you need rest, maybe you do. Maybe you just need to sit down. Maybe you need to sleep a little longer, um, and, or maybe you just need to take some time to back away from work or the, the things that you're striving for and just let go so it doesn't it doesn't hurt you and slow you down so again thank you so much for that the second order of business um, is i just released i need a light 
Uh, it's a re-release of a song that I put together with my previous band, Run With It, and uh, re-released it under my solo name. It just dropped last Wednesday, and if you have been listening and sharing, I thank you so much. If you haven't checked it out yet, go to my website, justthemiguel.com. That's J-U-S-T-T-H-E-M-I-G-U-E-L.com, justthemiguel.com, and uh, make sure you like it. Uh, download it, make sure you put it on a playlist, make sure you share it. All those things help with the algorithms. And let's face it, most of the music business is guided by algorithms and streams and, and all that. And uh, yeah, third order of business is uh, I just want to thank you uh, for listening to Live and Create. I want to thank you for sharing these uh, with other people. I want to thank you for the feedback you've given me of what you've liked about it. Uh, That's been awesome. Uh, I'm on this perpetual journey. I try to understand for myself, what does it mean to live a great life? What does it mean to create great things? And these conversations, each conversation I've had uh, has helped me. I've learned something and taken away something from it. Uh, And I, the feedback from you guys is that you are as well. And uh, so I hope it continues to do that for you. And like I said, there's so many great episodes to come, uh, but let's get to today's episode. What is up? I am Miguel Antonio, and this is the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. On today's episode, we have singer, songwriter, and band leader, Mickey P. Mickey P is a multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, musician, and producer born right here in Kansas City. She also fronts the band The Swallowtails. She has been artistically driven from a young age, working alongside her restless imagination and creative energy. She continues to harness her music from her soul. In this episode, she shares her personal journey of reconnecting with love for herself during the time of COVID and how that has inspired all the creative projects she's about to start releasing. We also dive into her own personal writing process and then also the nuances of bringing creative works to her band and even her own partner. It's a great episode, great insight. You guys will enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. All that, but I could imagine when you have uh, the whole, what did you call it? Your The visual piece? You, you said yes. something kind of cool that I'm forgetting right now. <laughs> It's going to be a visual EP. So um, essentially it just has like a movie along with it. Okay. Like throughout the whole thing. Yep. So like you could just listen to it or you could like sit down and kind of watch this like visual I put along with it. I'm not in it. It's just like clips I edited together. Nice. Um, But it kind of just gives it some more emotion if if like you respond visually with emotion absolutely well and like i'm i'm thinking of the i i have several releases coming up that and i'm thinking through visuals right now uh mm-hmm. and and just really observing the music world too and just it's almost like if you don't release some kind of visual aspect you might as well not release it is what it almost feels like at this point yes like everybody's doing music videos i mean it's the way to go and I was thinking about doing music videos for this one, but it's very like nature based. Uh, right. And I wanted it to be really like, you know, like we live on a planet. Like that's the kind <laughs> of energy I've been on lately. And so, like, I wanted to express that in this music too. 
No, I love it. And I, I love I love the uniqueness of it too, because what can happen, I think, and what I've seen before, what I'm getting stuck even in my own creativity is like a lot of music videos are like, look, it's me playing the song in this one room. And now I'm in another room. Now I'm yes. out in the street. And, and so I've like, always done that too. Right. Me too. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> it's like every <laughs> once in a while I like mix it up, like let's throw a dancer with fire in, but it's still at the same time. It's look, it's us playing <laughs> music. Right. Uh, yeah. So that, that inspires me as well as I, I, I keep thinking through the visuals, like what, what does it look like? And I've seen some bands, even like you said, you're not even in it. And I've seen more and more of that where they're getting actors yeah. or they're getting, uh, they're telling a different story through it. Like, it's like utilizing each medium to communicate something. Um, yeah. and that's, I, it's exciting for me thinking about that part of the creativity. Cause when I think of live, I think of it as a way different production than recording. So often yeah. I try not in recording, I try not often think of live too much because I want to like, how do I make this piece of art? And then it's like, yeah, on this how do we, video. yeah, right. Like, how do you take that? And then, yeah, the video piece is, is huge. Well, I'm excited to see it. That'll be, yeah. that'll be really cool. And it's funny. So like for listeners, like we're, I, I say, we just keep rolling with this because I love that part of the conversation too. But for listeners, this is our, this is uh, the Mickey P interview 2.0 because it was about, damn, was that like two, three months ago we did this? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't hit record. Like we had, I, I think it was probably the best podcast of the entire series at that point. <laughs> And uh, it was the, you know, the greatest podcast in the world, if you will. And, but we'll never know. We will absolutely never know because <laughs> I royally fucked it up. <laughs> I did not hit record. I can't like, we logged off. I was like, that was awesome. And then I went to go find the video and I'm like, nothing's processing. Nothing's happening. <laughs> I never hit record. And I'm staring at the recording piece at the top. It's it. telling me it's, you see, see it, it too. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> So this is our you second have... time. But what I think is really interesting is just in a short span of time, like I remember a lot of our conversation uh, centered around COVID. I, I would like to maybe even talk a little bit about like processing those kind of things of COVID. But, but now it's like just in two, three months time, the world seems like it's changing all over yeah. again. And yeah. even hearing you, you're like into this, like, this is what I'm about to release. You're working, you got the masters, you got the things going and rolling. So that's, that's super exciting. So you, you are looking forward to this show there. And then as far as what's next for the swallowtails for you guys. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, we're actually working on an NEP right now too. Okay. <laughs> so we're working on, um, arranging this next EP. Um, it's probably about 60% done arranging wise. Sorry, I'm um, making this weird. My camera went out of focus. So yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I'm blurry all of a sudden. Uh, it's probably because I started talking with my Starbucks cup. And uh, for those just listening to the audio, this is a video podcast as well. So if you want to go find it, you can. <laughs> uh, I talk with my hands a lot. Now I have a white cup and my autofocus does not like it. <laughs> anyway, so you guys are about 60% into the EP? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to get in the studio in June uh, and cut that. So that's going to be like, release my solo EP right back in the studio. And then I want to have that out by September. That's what we're awesome. aiming for. Yeah. So all, all the creativity is starting to come to full fruition for you. It really is. When we talked last, um, I was just kind of like, like thinking about um the next steps for my solo ep 
and I, I've got I, it's done. Like it's it's so cool. I'm I'm like reflecting right now, and like it's all right. I'm I'm working so so hard right now because I'm just so inspired, and like that's where I want my creativity com- to come from, and that's what I've really been trying to focus on is just having it come from just me and not any like outside like I should be doing this or like you know it's I'm inspired right well and I've been reflecting a lot of different people in the course of their careers and it and I have see it's like one person goes left one person goes right in so many different ways but at the end of the day it's like they decided it's it's at that moment in that moment they decided this is who I'm going to be and it took uh-huh. them on this huge trajectory. And I think artists can get so wrapped up into chasing trends or chasing whatever it is. Like yeah. for you, do you feel pressure like that beforehand that made you make this decision? I'm going yes. to create like me. Yes. And and I think COVID also kind of exposed a lot. Um, I think at the beginning of COVID, uh, maybe the first month or two, I was just processing like having to be my own validation yeah and because I just thrived off of like performing and like just hearing from other people and getting like feedback you know and I think COVID really forced me to like just sit down with what I have and create which is what I used to always do as a kid is just whatever I had it was I was going to make the most of what I had and now I'm back to that where it's like I have the power, like I have, I I can do everything I, I want to do that I can like visualize and just like trying to make the most of that. That's awesome. That's, uh, you know, V Tran, right? I imagine you're familiar with him in the city. Uh, he is Vietnamese dude, uh, who he runs a Buffalo room, uh, and then does a lot of like acting and all that. Well, if you don't know him, you definitely got to check him out. Uh, but where, a great remind me where the Buffalo Room is? It's uh, right behind Westport Flea Market. Like, yes. You know what I'm talking. Okay, okay. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in his interview, he does one one piece. He does so many things. Uh, incredible creative, but he coaches a lot of creatives. And he was in his podcast just talking about this concept of creating like a child. Like it's kind of where we ended and it inspired me too because it's like I feel like I I get stuck in that business realm like okay I need to do one release every two months and this is how right. it needs to look and here's right. the you know <laughs> yes. and, and but like him saying that because I'm struggling with writing personally right now and so him saying that inspired me is like what does it look like to just fucking take some risks and do some things like I used to be when I was like 16 and just I, I knew four chords and and trying to put some together it sounds like maybe you're in a similar place of that Yes, I actually have a song on this next EP, like dedicated to my inner child. Nice. Um, it's called Sarah. I know your heart. Um, and we have a Swallowtails version of Sarah, but this is just something that I did just for fun in my office one night during COVID. And it just turned into something a little more. And um, the inner child is so important, like just that spark. And like the innocence in it where it's like I'm not I'm just doing this because it's inside of me right and not for any other reason yeah well in it as I hear more and more stories of different artists it seems like their breakthrough moments are when they finally just said I'm going to grab a hold of who I am 
I'm, I'm going to yes. let go of those pieces. So hopefully for you, even that is this next propulsion, like you've been doing great now, you know, like everything was firing up like crazy before COVID that, that of course squashed it for a minute. Yeah. But I hope this is that, that breakout piece for you. It's an inspiration for me to hear too, as I go into my own creative processes and, and, and figure out like, what's the next step of that and, and letting that out there. So when you're writing with the swallowtails, is it more, especially since you have the solo thing. So I'm wondering the solo thing, this is Mickey P. Is it more of a collective thing or are you bringing songs to them as well? And they're just helping you craft it. What does that process look like for you guys? Yeah. So typically um, it starts with a song that I'll write um, and it's got words and guitar or typically words and guitar. I, I just want to do guitar in the swallowtails um, myself. Um, and I'll record that and then I'll send the band um, the stem of that um, and we just kind of arrange on top of it. So I like to like sit down with Rachel and Addie. We get together once a week uh, and just work on anything we need to kind of work on. But I've loved getting together lately and just working on music and working on arranging. Typically we're working on like booking or we're working on like making TikToks. <laughs> or whatever a photo right. shoot but lately it's been like music and it's like oh this is awesome um it's like let's set the business shit away let's, yeah let's i was like let's have fun <laughs> <laughs> uh and so they've been coming over and um just like figuring out bassoon and cello parts because uh, i don't i don't know they know best you know you're not and rocking like, the bassoon when you're no, <laughs> in your yeah, studio at night <laughs> right and and I love the way that their minds work musically too. It, they have such a different like musical background than me. Um, and uh, I'm actually going to play drums on this next EP too. So I'm going to be playing nice. drums and guitar. Um, and my bassist, John, we've been getting together weekly as well and okay. working on arranging those parts. So it's been really cool. I, I haven't locked in with a bass player since American Slim, like since Oh, wow. So it's been a minute, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've played drums, but I haven't like locked in with someone. So this is a no, really cool <laughs> like EP that's about to happen. <laughs> I'm I'm not a drummer, but I, I feel you. It's like when, you, when you're in a band where the drummer and the bass player is like when they get in, in, inside each other's minds, yeah. like you just feel it. There's this thing that, oh, yeah. So I mean, cool. So I bet going. it's even cooler when you're a drummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it has meant so much to me to like get behind the drums again and just trust that I can do that. Right. Now, all of this creativity came flowing out of an insane year, right? An insane yeah. year for artists in so many ways. Um, it sounds like you talked a little bit about the processing, but going into that year, you had some great bookings. Like you, you guys were starting to do the tour thing. You guys were, yeah. I think if I remember right, you had like a show the night before the actual real lockdown. Is that, yeah, the, the do fifth, I remember March that? 15th was our last show. Okay. And that was and back here in KC or no? That was in Kansas city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it was a show to get ready to release our album it was supposed to be like uh we're gonna play the songs for you and we'll talk to them and like hopefully like the money we make tonight will kind of go towards you know finishing the album sort of thing right um and right before then even we had played the voodoo lounge in kansas city which was like our biggest show nice um 
and we were going on the road. We had gone to Colorado, like, at the beginning of March. Um, and then, yeah, like, I, I think March 15th, there was, like, rumors going around. And no one was really sure, of, like, what was going to happen. But I remember saying, like, very casually on the microphone, like, this might be the last time in a while that we might be able to enjoy something like this, thinking that maybe we'd be back by June or something. Right. That's and what I'm all we were like, back by May, back by yeah, June. Yeah. And- yeah. But no. It really was. <laughs> and then suddenly all these artists, we find ourselves laying around wondering, wondering what the hell is next and what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. Now, you you had mentioned these themes of like nature, the themes of like your inner child. And yeah. are those pieces that that opened up for you in your time of processing during COVID itself? Yes. Yeah. Um, I just... Uh, I got back to a way of thinking about myself that kind of opened it all up. And I was playing a lot of video games. I went out and I got a Switch, like, right before the pandemic hit, which is funny. Smart choice. They, like, sold out, like, at the beginning of the pandemic. (laughs) They did. We tried to find some for our boys, and, like, you could not find anything anywhere. It was insane. So you you chose wisely when you bought it. (laughs) I know. I was, like, I was being called to it because... I saw Animal Crossing was coming out and I was like, you know, I think I want to switch. And so I got one and then I played a lot of Zelda. I I beat Breath of the Wild, which was like, I'm not good at like beating games. Like that was always my brother and my sister's forte. Uh Um, And so I beat it and I was just like. Look at me go! Like accomplishing everything I wanted. <laughs> Did you to print do out a like a certificate? You're like, I'm gonna put this shit on the wall. No, but I should. <laughs> well, you know, you you don't really beat Breath of the Wild because there's so many of these like shrines. There's like hundreds, and oh, but okay. I found a lot of them, and I unlocked all of the map, and I beat like the final boss and everything. That sounds cool to me. That sounds cool it, to me. It sounds like it. Such a beautiful game. So I did a lot of that, and then I really only sparsely worked on music over COVID. Okay. So I think that really helped me just be like, you don't have to, oh, it's not a part of your identity, identity. Hmm. I think it was so tied to my identity before COVID. It was like, I'm a musician and I'm going to walk into every room and it's like networking, Hello. you know, <laughs> like I got to make the next move. And it's right. Like, no, you don't always have to make the next move. You can just be a person and be lazy and that's okay too. <laughs> And sometimes necessary, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And like, I'm, I'm walking. I'm not running right now. Like, I just want to hold on to this and bring it into this next phase instead of like leave it behind. Mm-hmm. I feel you because that's I. In my listeners might be annoyed because I say this often, but that was a big piece for me. There's, there's certain things I learned as far as slowing down that now, like I, like I said, I'm excited. I'm so excited as things are opening up and looking and I'm starting to put out the plans and you know, all that, that stuff excites me. That's who I am too, but I don't want to lose those pieces I learned during like a necessary slow. It felt like a necessary like stop for, for I was there was another artist I was talking to on Facebook today, and we were just messaging back and forth and and just talking about that same concept of like is it was almost like a lot of artists, at least me, I almost needed to stop for a year because yeah. it was just running so hard. But then you bring up this piece of identity. Uh, it's so wrapped up, right? Yeah. For all of us. Uh, are you familiar with Stephen Pressfield's uh, War of Art at all? 
it's a, he's a writer and it's a great book on creativity and the writer process. And he, he often talks about like the difference between an amateur and a professional artist. And he, he said, I can, he'll, he'll say it better. So whenever you get a chance <laughs> dive into that one, but he talks about how a professional artist does not wrap their identity in being an artist. It is simply something that they do and they execute and they show up for. Uh, yeah. So he talks, he, he talks a lot about creativity showing up for the muse, where it's like you show up for the muse to capture this creativity and that's your gift to the world. But at the end of the day, you don't identify solely as an artist. And that, that hit me too. Cause I feel like I'm, I can relate to you where, yeah, it's like, it's so much a part of who I am. So what did that, what did that look like for you in that year to, I don't know if the word is separate yourself from that, or I don't know how you would say it, but <laughs> what did that look like for you? Let's just say to explore that concept. Uh -huh. Um, Hmm. I think, I think why nature is so involved in this next release too, is that I spent so much time in nature. And I think that really helped me separate, like getting out of my own space even, and just mm -hmm. into like the real world, like, you know, going and hugging a tree or like going <laughs> and swimming in water and like, really immersing myself in the world and just allowing myself to let it go. Allowing myself to let everyone else's perception of me go and everyone else's kind of idea of maybe what I should be doing go, you know, like mm. just the things that were kind of pushing me at the time or in the back of my head, um, just letting it all go and allowing myself to kind of just exist like I don't know that really helped me separate it and just kind of walk into every situation in my life differently honestly I feel that's like awesome I I really put an emphasis too on connecting with my family and making that a priority and showing up because I'm an adult now and like that really matters and I have to be the one you know to show up now so just trying to be a better person overall, like in my life and not so much in my career. That's huge. And yeah. no doubt that overflows into actual artistry. And yeah. it's cool to see how that you explaining that journey and then us starting out with like your excitement for where your art is now. Uh, it's cool to see that fuel it in what sounds like a very, very natural organic way. Um, it, you describing it, like you in nature, it, it reminds me like of meditation and yeah. it, do you, was meditation a part of that or was meditation simply you being out in nature? Yeah, I think, I think I, I don't right now, I don't sit down and just like meditate. Although I know that has a lot of benefits. Um, I just have to be kind of doing something, um, so like I love kayaking and we got oh, really okay. into kayaking last summer. Nice. I love like I just love camping. Like I love sleeping in a tent. I love waking <laughs> up and like the moon just being right on top of us and or like cooking on a fire, like just kind of getting in touch with um, you know, it's like such like very simple, quiet, like that that helps me clear my mind for sure. 
That's awesome. I laugh about the the camping. Like I love everything about camping except for sleeping in a tent. Like it's <laughs> it's like I want to do everything about camping and then I want to go sleep in a hotel room and then come back to the campsite. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's because I'm 40 and my back's like, fuck you, Miguel. I don't know what it is, but it just, oh my God. But no, I I I feel you on that. Like just being out there and being in nature. What does yeah. it look like for you then with this intention to carry this? into this new season for you because obviously you're excited getting ready to release some things no doubt like i i've known you for a while you always seem like to be a very driven person as well but what does it look like for you are there things that you're building into your life or schedule um to help continue that yeah so i'm just not gonna play as much (laughs) like i love to perform but i don't think i need to do it every weekend Right. And I think it'll make it even more special when I do it. Um, so I just have um, really a couple gigs lined up. I have one in May, uh, I have one in June, and I have one in September. And then okay. I have a show in July where I'm going to be back on the drums um, supporting my, my bandmate, Addie. And then um, I have like a, a couple shows here and there with my partner, Trevor, because we have a duo. So I'm really just being really strategic to what I say yes to. And like, if I have one gig a month, that is enough. And like, I'm good. What I'm really, yeah. (laughs) What I'm realizing is that if I can really like focus in on one gig, I can make that one gig the place to be instead of having a gig every weekend or, you know, like all the time. And it just being like, you know, right same kind of energy each time like I'm just really trying to be strategic and space everything out and make sure I have enough time to rest every month too that's awesome so just strategy in general of what your actual schedule looks like yeah yeah and and now you know um I'm in a place financially as well uh that I I don't need to play gigs and I think that had a big effect on me at the beginning of COVID I was so burnt out because I I needed to play. To, like I got to play, got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and then the pandemic happened and, and it was like, oh my God, this isn't even a viable source of income anymore. Like right. I had to, I, I picked up some more music lessons, which I just love. I love teaching and I love seeing the spark in someone else. Like that's just so cool. So I'm very happy like teaching and just playing every once in a while. That's awesome. So, so for you, that freedom comes by also growing this other component of the music world of educating then. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, But educating kind of in a different style, like it's, it's definitely not like what you'd expect, but I kind of just want to teach what people want to learn. Like, okay. I wanted to learn guitar when I was young so that I could play here comes the sun I want to be able to do that with my students too. Like what, what do you like to listen to? Let's learn it. You know, like mm-hmm. it's possible. You don't have to do the, you know, the thing. <laughs> well, and honestly, it's funny. So I taught for six years. I did private instruction. I was full-time private instructor. <laughs> and uh, I think one reason I wasn't good at it is because I was the teacher who was like, here's the fundamentals. You guys have to learn it this way. And this is how yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. I was, I was kind of an ass. Like there was, there was a few who I think responded really well to it because they wanted to know all the theory and all that. But like, yeah. other than that, other people didn't. I remember, uh, you know, well, you know, Clint, 
uh, Velasquez, he was, he was like a thousand times better teacher than I was because I felt like his, the more I learned from him, his approach was a lot like yours where he would come in, figure out what they, what excited them. And then he'd find a way to inject, you know, some theory here and some, you know, little pieces of knowledge to where by the time, you know, after a year or two, suddenly they're excited and they wanted to learn these other things. And, and yeah, that's, and they kind of took I was initiative like, oh. and, <laughs> yeah. I had a lot to learn. So it sounds like you're, you're approaching it really well. So is that a full-time thing for you? Part-time? What's that look like? Um, I would say it's, it's probably part-time with the amount of students I have. I have about 14 or 15 students right now. Um, and that could be a lot still though. Like anyone yeah. who's ever taught, if, you, if you're listening and haven't taught private lessons, like you just, anything over 10, like, I think I was up to 40 at one point and almost was losing my mind. Like, I think that was another aspect of when I ended up just quitting because I uh-huh. was so burnt out. But yeah, like I think, yeah, 10 to 20 seems like a good healthy amount where you can still give because it, it could be intense. Yeah. I'm trying to work my way up to 20 right now. Um, but uh, it, it can be really draining, especially like I do like 45 minute lessons. That's like my most popular time right now. Okay. Um, and I feel like that's the perfect amount of time. I feel like an hour sometimes can be like, like we have to have a lot to work on to really fill in that hour and get the most of it sometimes. But our lessons can be very like, like very tiresome at the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine. Yeah, we did 30 minutes and and yeah, I okay, hour you would were be back rough. to back with 40 <laughs> students. Oh my god. It, 30 students is as most as I've had at one time. I can't imagine 10 more. Right. Yeah. And it honestly it wasn't smart. I, I shouldn't have done that. Like for the for the kids' sake. I <laughs> I I was a little too like uh what's the word ambitious in what uh-huh. I, I was like, I, I could do this. I have a system down, but again, as I learned, you know, watching Clint, cause he really is such a, a brilliant teacher. Uh, it's like, I was doing it the wrong way. Cause I tried to create some, a very specific system, which is kind of mm-hmm. how my mind works, but yeah. it wasn't helpful to the other people to like, to yeah. the kids or adults that were trying to come in and learn. Like you said, they just wanted to play this one song. Like they wanted yeah. to have fun and yeah. enjoy it. And frankly, that's how like, I didn't take lessons until like three or four years into playing guitar, you know, once I started studying in college. That's another thing about it too, is, is I think the theory does come in time because like, for me, it started with just like learning chords, like learning how to drum, learning how to just listen and play, learning how to tune my guitar or, or whatever it was. And then I was interested in the theory later and the theory has really come to me through teaching even and just like learning skills on the piano like learning bar chords on the guitar learning how to play bass like I try to explain it to my students but I notice if they don't hang on to it I'm like you know don't don't worry about it I'll explain it in a couple of weeks or something <laughs> like, you're you're all right you know you don't need to know this but it's like yeah I was already in a band and playing before I started my first you know theory lessons and uh, yeah. it, it added to it but but yeah, it's got to be the passion. Uh, there's another book called Talent Code uh, by a guy named Daniel Coyle, I think is the name. Uh-huh. And they study like hotbeds of math, of art and sports uh, throughout the world and what made them uh, successful. And mm-hmm. one piece that they drilled down to is that it was usually at a younger age, those the, the student was with a teacher that didn't teach them all these things and was super intense. 
it was that they taught them the love for the craft, whatever it was, mm -hmm. the love for the sports, the love for violin, the love yeah. for the music and the math. And so it was that love that drove them to finally, you know, like that's just one little snippet of it. But as a you teaching, you probably would love that book, I imagine. Uh, What's it's, it called? It's called Talent Code by I okay. think Daniel Coyle. And it was, it was actually Clint who introduced me to that book. It helped me understand a lot more about myself as an artist, but also about education. Um, so you, you and Trevor are doing a duo though, right? Oh, yeah. And so now what, what does that look like being in, it's like you guys are in a relationship, but then you're mm -hmm. also like trying to create this art together. Like, yeah. is there is there bumps along the road? Is there like, I guess what, what's like one of the challenges and then what's one of the like biggest joys out of that? So we've always talked about <clears throat> doing a duo. Um, and I think what we have kind of agreed about it is that it like, we're going to be together. So it's going to happen. So we don't <laughs> need to really rush into it. You know, right. it doesn't have to be like, okay, we got to put out the record. It's like, let's put out our own music and then see where we're at after that. Like, you know, right. Um, like it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Um, is it in a sense, like make it about the joy and love of it for you two together as well? Kind of, kind of like your own journey personally. Um, yes. Like, okay. Like playing with, with Trevor is like. So we're just really tuned into each other and very intuitive and like, I don't think he's ever played anything on my music that I ever thought was too much. Mm -hmm. And I think he would say the same thing. Um, it, it's so, it's natural. It's, it's honestly like one of my favorite ways to play because it That's just awesome. feels like I'm home and I'm relaxed and like, there's so much love. I, I feel like, if you were to see us play, you would really see like just us. It's like all of it just exudes out through what you guys are creating. Yeah. Now, is it a, a thing where he's bringing some songs, you're bringing some songs, or are you guys yeah. sitting down and just writing together? We, right now, we're bringing songs. Okay. And just kind of collaborating in that way. Um, so he'll bring chords and lyrics, and I'll bring chords and lyrics, and then we'll just kind of mesh them all together we've tried to sit down and write together but I just don't know if that's my style like I, I've never successfully this might not be true I've never successfully with a lot with a lot of people sat down and like wrote a song with them I just kind of need to like have 30 minutes to like write it all out you know right so but maybe one day like we'll get in the studio and just like you know write some songs together start kicking them out. Well, that's, I have a friend encouraging me to do some co-writes and I actually just started a co-write uh, recently, but it still, it was like, I guess I had the song and sent it to him as like, you know, like, what, what do you see? What would you change? And now we're starting to volley back and forth. Uh, but I have some friends who they write with teams of writers all the time. And mm. it, it just, I'm so used to the more solo piece, like you're talking yeah. about where it's like, I'm, I'm in my feelings or in my, whatever it is. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm here creating. And then you know, bring it in to, to it. But it sounds like a fascinating thing to try to do a collective thing, but I'm definitely yeah. more where you're at. I feel more comfortable at least bringing something to the table at first yeah. where I know yeah. where we're going. <laughs> yeah. And like, 
it's also such a, like a vulnerable thing for me. I know a lot of people feel this way about like singing, but I just feel very vulnerable writing in front of other people. It kind of scares me. And like, like I know that I could just say anything because writing for me is like journaling. So I don't know what's going to come out. So I, I need some right. like, privacy to kind of work through that. <laughs> <laughs> I, and that is honestly one piece. I feel so it's like, I just feel exposed uh, yeah. around other people. And the, with the band, we got to know each other so well with Run With It that yeah. I could start, I, I started writing like in the van while we were on tour and they could hear me and like demos would have them talking <laughs> like in the yeah. front of the van Aww. with me recording in the back. You know, it's like, so I started getting more comfortable, but even then there was times where it's like, I'm writing something. I'm like, I was on my phone, like typing in lyrics and I'd, I'd be like, I'm going to be real quiet about this one. Cause it just felt too like. It's like I needed some yes, time to like breathe close. it. Yeah. <laughs> Where I often would like write and stack songs away and then revisit them like two or three months later because then I felt a little more distance from it. Like yeah. now I can bring my babies and you can tell me how much they suck or how much they need to change. Yeah, or how... <laughs> yeah you can judge them now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Now on, on this idea, live and create, the last two questions for us. Um, right now, how would you define living a great life? Um, eating good food and taking as many walks as you can. Nice. <laughs> Out in nature and hug a tree. Yes. Yeah. If you can hug a tree and just like really breathe it in or like walk around without your shoes on, on the grass, like that'll do it. Any, anything to kind of like center yourself, self in our earth, like do that. Now, did you really hug a tree? Is this like a regular practice? You will. <laughs> I, it, it's not like a regular practice, but like, it's just kind of an analogy for like being out there. Being in nature. I, I wasn't sure. Like if there is like a practice for you, we're like, I'm going to go out. There's a special tree and I'm hugging it. Like if it is, it's cool. I just, just wasn't sure. <laughs> My uh, second to youngest son, there was a tree in our house. It was like two houses ago that he called his tree and he named Aww. it even, I can't remember what the name is, but like that was the hardest part of us moving was he had Aww. to leave his tree. Like he had so okay. much connection to it, but, and you said, so eat, eat well, Did, is that what you said? Yeah. Eat good. Eat good. Like, don't, okay. don't uh, go cheap. Like, like if you want to go out on anything, food. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Were you doing a lot of cooking and stuff over COVID? Yes. Is that a yeah. Big we, we like, I mean, we cooked before COVID, but like we weren't consistently getting groceries and like we weren't consistently like cooking meals. And so like really taking food time seriously and having it be a time where we like come together in this house has been really magical. And also my partner, Trevor, is like such a good cook. That's and, awesome. Yeah, just like seasons things like so amazingly and it's made it's improved my life for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's fortunate that's fortunate for you guys both my wife and I we're not really into cooking we're, we're just I'm a super practical cooker I be, when I was single I would literally buy the exact same grocery list every single Monday back to like I like systems and everything being a certain way and yeah. I would like eat the same lunch dinner but it's our our oldest son he's super into cooking. So he cooks almost all of our meals and he even just got a griddle, oh, an outdoor cool. griddle. So he's excited. He's gonna be cooking breakfast for us on Saturday. So it's whenever we enjoy good, you know, whenever we eat good, it's because of him, but he's about to go to college. Oh. So we oh. got to train up our other kids somehow, see if he can right. pass it down. <laughs> to them. 
What's your favorite dish? Um, hmm. Well, Trevor likes to do like shrimp skewers on the grill that are really good mm. with rice. Uh, and he just makes the best rice ever. Like we, we have it all the time. Um, I love some or good rice. he makes some really good salmon too. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Now for the last question, how would you define creating great things? I would define creating great things by letting them present themselves to you instead of looking for them. Wait for that thought to hit, you know, wait for it to come to you and give it time to marinate and give it time to work through you. That's awesome. Some good stuff. We'll let everyone know where they can connect with you and all the projects you're involved with and uh, find out about when this this release comes out. Yeah. Um, so you can find me on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter at Mickey P Music or just Mickey P. Um, I have a website, MickeyPMusic.com um, that I try to keep updated but you're probably going to be more updated on my social media. Um, or you can follow me on uh, my YouTube where I'm going to be uh, kind of like uploading this visual EP. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I'm excited to check it out. And uh, thanks for making the time. Yeah. Thank you, Miguel. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.